What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. We are geeks. We admit it. We own it. And we love science fiction, fantasy, and comic books, which is why we dig deeper into the characters, plot lines, and themes that appear in geek stories. And this is one of those episodes where we're going based off the Network 1901 series Gold Blooming. There's another geek film with Jeff Goldblum in it. And therefore, Josh Taylor and I, Josh from Network 1901, the Ira yeah. Glass of Network 1901. Yeah, sure. <laughs> We're going to dig deeper into Jurassic Park based off the Gold Blooming podcast about Jeff Goldblum. So these questions that I have for you today, Josh, they're a little bit more targeted towards Ian Malcolm's character. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Yeah. So we're going to dive into that. If you're not subscribed, hit, hit the subscribe button. If you want to send us an email and share your thoughts about Dr. Ian Malcolm, you can uh, hit us up at thestorygeeks at gmail.com. One of the coolest characters in the history of cinema, according to you. Uh, man, if somebody can find a cooler character than Dr. Ian Malcolm, you have to email me that character because I, I, I can't think of one at all. Yeah, even, even more than Indiana Jones, you think? Yeah, because again, Indiana Jones is awesome. But he's not. He's not suave. He's not suave. He's not the yeah, same. Yeah. He's not the same. Okay. Because like you know the 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 young students that he has that have the love you on her eyelashes and stuff like that. Yeah, like they yeah, have yeah. a crush on him. They don't have a crush on him the way they'd have a crush on Jeff Goldblum. No. Like like I feel like they wouldn't even like Jeff Goldblum, and then he would like he would like he would start doing his smoothness on him, and then all of a sudden it turn. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Anyways. Thank you guys for listening in. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. Josh, before we dive in, just tell people a little bit about like where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me and uh, Gold Blooming, I guess, over at network1901.com. We've got three podcasts a week, three, uh, I think four now videos a week, including a live stream that we do every Saturday morning. Uh, Saturday Morning Live is what we call it, kind of a spoof on Saturday Night Live. Uh, where we talk with people about their favorite Disney stuff. We're mostly a Disney podcast, Disney YouTube, but we delve into other geeky, fun things. Uh, Gold Blooming was a chance for us to do something different. It's been very different. <laughs> it has been different. But it's been good for you guys, right? It's been good. Uh, it's been fun, though, too. Like Mentally, you know, talking about Disney all the time is a little straining. You know, staying in one category all the time. Yeah. So being able to talk about other geek films, uh, being able to talk about Jeff Goldblum as an actor and kind of following his career is interesting. Yeah. And enjoyable. Yeah, it's it's been it's a highlight of my week. Me too. I think it's great. I have so much fun doing it. So hopefully people have fun listening. Yeah, absolutely. I think most of the people that I've been able to personally interact with uh, do say it's so fun. It's. It is definitely one of the most fun shows I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun. So we on the Story Geeks podcast probably dive too deep into the subjects. <laughs> Hopefully it's still fun. <laughs> I hope it's still fun. Sure. But um, I, I, we're going to take this podcast, just, just a couple questions. The first one is Dr. Ian Malcolm's character in Jurassic Park. So that's the character played by Jeff Goldblum. Fantastic character. Uh, he has a very much an aversion to this whole concept of re-engineering the dinosaurs. Yeah, he's the first one to say, no, don't do it. Exactly. He does not believe in it. Um, in fact, the whole film, to a degree, is about man's desire to not only play God, 
but then profit off playing God. Yeah. <laughs> right. Totally. Um, and it's sort of showcasing the issues that come from that. So my question to you is, you know, we, we talked about this on the, on the actual gold blooming podcast a little bit. Um, we live in a world where there's a lot of extinct species now, a lot of extinct species. Um, very recently you brought this up and it's, and this just happened, but the, uh, we lost a whole rhino population, a whole yeah. species of rhino we've lost now. Yeah, we've lost several over the last few years. Yeah. Based on poaching and basically man's interference, not nature, right? but man's interference in, in that species. It's crazy. So my question, my first question for you is, like, what do you think about if, if we had the power, and, I, and you brought this up on the podcast because we're getting closer to having the power. Yeah of being able to re-engineer species that have become extinct. What what do you think about that? Should we be doing that? Should we not be doing that? In what context should we? Should we not do that? I think we have to look at a, kind of two things. We have to look at, first of all, um, is there a place in the world for said thing? Yeah. So dinosaurs is an obvious no, right? Like there's not really a place for them I- amongst the food chain. Rhinos, we can say yes to because it's just so so soon afterwards uh, that like they have a spot. Mm. We could even say, and we joked about, you know, dodo birds and mammoths and stuff. Yeah. Uh, they had their chance. It didn't really work for them. And, and then the second part of the question being that, you know, was their extinction natural or not. Uh, you know, you look at the mammoths, you look at the saber tooths and their extinction really came naturally mm-hmm. rather than by man's desire to profit off of them to, you know, poach or whatever the situation is. Yeah. So I think if we are going to genetically reintroduce species back into any kind of population, we need to look at if they, can find a spot amongst the population. Cause if we introduce something into a natural, uh, habitat, the possibility of like, you know, if we reintroduce saber tooths to, uh, mountainous regions, <laughs> right. What's stopping them from then killing off several other species themselves. Right. Uh, or is there even the plant life to allow for some, vegetarian kind of species to thrive because you need to now have the plant life that no longer exists right for that. So we need to look at that, but then at the same time we need to really look at if, if they would a have the place and if man did it really. Okay. I like that a lot. Thanks. I think those are some good rules. I've, I'm a scientist. (laughs) Should I start calling you Dr. Malcolm? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I tend to agree. I think, I think it's just, um, it's this weird thing that occurs, right? Because ecosystems are such fragile things in many ways. And yet also such resilient things in many ways. Oh, um, totally. And it's, it's just so weird because like, if you take a, if you take a predator well, any 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 actually animal animal out of an ecosystem, it will temporarily disrupt that ecosystem, and then the ecosystem will sort of rebuild itself around other other criteria. 
but like you pointed out, one of the it seems like based on the history that we have, mankind is actually the one of the most damaging things to ecosystems totally. of anything. Yeah. Do you think there's a case to be made? <laughs> this is maybe one of the craziest questions I've ever asked. In <laughs> in the 1950s, okay, <laughs> there were about uh, two and a half billion people on the earth, I believe. Yeah, I looked this up recently. Two and a half billion people on the earth in uh, in 1950s. There's two and a half billion people in China and India alone. Oh yeah, in the modern day. Yeah, well, there's too many of us. There's too many of us. So. <laughs> Is there any validity to bringing back dinosaurs just to even out the human population a little bit? <laughs> uh, okay, so I don't want to be the I don't want to be that guy. That's like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's kill humans. I don't, yeah, exactly. Like I don't want to be like a Nazi where it's like <laughs> it's like exterminate people. Yeah, that's but that's all bad. But there is um, a part of us that like okay, so. A hundred years ago, you got sick, right? Yeah. Age, you know, mid-30s, late-30s, you got really ill. Yeah, I'm dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you're dead. Yeah. And, or, you know, the choice was quarantine you to save other people's lives. Yeah. Or you would, you know, inevitably get other people sick, and there'd be like a mass plague. Right. Nowadays... You get sick, age thirty nine. Yeah, like terribly sick to the point where. Well, you're aging me. Uh, sorry, 37. yeah, you're thirty seven. <laughs> sorry, I know I look thirty nine. No, 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 no. I'm, just, I'm saying that I'm predicting as a psychic in two years you're going to be very ill. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> no, no, no problem. Um, so you know, by age thirty nine, you're on your deathbed. Okay, <laughs> just imagine it. And yes. uh, I feel terrible already. <laughs> And a hundred years ago, you just would have died. Yeah. Nowadays, you would be on life support until oh, yeah. until they either figured out a cure or yep. you would just continue to stay on life support. Yeah. I think that we keep and again, I don't want to be the Nazi here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we keep a lot of people on uh, such heavy medication to the point where they're not even a functioning human being anymore. Mm. Is there a point? Yeah. You know, like, I understand uh, humans' natural fear of death, natural fear of change. Uh, and, and I think we keep people on life support not because they fear death, mm -hmm. but because we fear them dying. Sure, You sure. know, like, we project ourselves onto them. Yeah. Uh, but there is a kind of a point where it's, like, also, you know, again, I don't want to be labeled as, like, some weird communist, but... <laughs> <laughs> but like China for a long time has had, and I think they've just recently let this go, but you can only have one child. Right. You know? And, um, yeah, that sounds like pretty harsh law, Yeah. but it is somewhat for a good cause, right? Overpopulation is a problem. Right. Maybe we should stop thinking about having uh, a Brady bunch set up, you know, in our homes and have, two parents, one kid until the population dwindles slowly. But we, we actually are seeing, I think in the last two or three years, at least in America, we're seeing a dwindling population for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's because we've naturally chosen right. to do that, which hopefully that spreads worldwide. Mm. 
But yes, there are too many of us. And I think that we don't need to keep on growing. Yeah. Because we're only impacting things in awful ways. Yeah. Uh, in regards to that, Jessica and I have chosen not to have kids. Because and, of pollution and too many people? No, no, no. Not, 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 initially, not initially, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but one of the things that's been interesting to me, and if you're listening to this podcast, you may feel this way, is that we've actually received... We, that's seen as a very unusual thing. It is unusual, yeah. Yeah, far more than it's like, oh, yeah, of course. Well, the first thing, you know, like uh, when you get married, the first question people ask you yeah. is, when are you going to have kids? Right. And it's not enjoy yourself, enjoy <laughs> your marriage. <laughs> right. It is literally you get married, you have kids. Yeah, which has always, which has always been kind of surprising to me because... Um, I would tell you that, so I, I mentioned this on the show all the time. I don't think I've said this on Gold Blooming per se, um, but as a Christ follower, a lot of what I um, ascribe to are things that uh, wisdom I find from Scripture, Scripture being the Bible, right? Sure. And one of the things that, that I find so fascinating is that um, based on my interpretation of the Bible, your spouse is the more important relationship than your kids. Interesting. Which, but now that, that blows people's that, minds, yeah. That blows people's minds. Like yeah. they don't understand that. I would I would direct them to the scriptures. Right. Right. And be like, well, that's not just my opinion. I think it's actually actually being like <laughs> right. that's being told. I think to I've you. got some evidence, yeah. Yeah. Um but I don't I think that that's so countercultural to say that. It is. Kids I think kids have become at least an American society or a yeah. first world society. Yeah. Uh, kids are crucially the most important thing yeah. that we have. And that's not to say that, uh, that kids are, are, are less than or something, but in, in terms of the, the prioritization of the relationship, especially in today's world where, you know, it used to be 50 years ago, even when we were kids, the vibe was a little different with kids. People were far harsher with children. Sure. Than they are today, or neglectful. Well, you know, like, yeah, and that's not even. I'm not. I'm not saying that's good or bad at all. I'm not. Right, making a but I was. Call. But I was allowed to kind of be on my own <laughs> right. for a while. Right. Versus like what you know what people consider now to be like helicopter parenting. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny to me because I think to myself like, well, yeah, we've made kid. We've we've started putting kids on this pedestal. But what's fascinating to me is for the first time since. We've decided not to have kids for the first time. When you look at what's happening in the world around us, my, Jessica's been really into this because re- Jessica's my wife. Because uh, recently we've been looking at Earth Day facts, and the reality is that um, the most egregious use of the Earth's resources is humans. Yes. So for the first time, I'm looking at not having kids. And I'm f- completely flipping the scenario that I've been told by people, which generally speaking is, why haven't you had kids? Like, you're clearly not doing the right thing in your marriage. Right. To now flipping it and going, actually, I think I'm doing a better job of taking <laughs> care of the world. Yeah. So, right, yeah. <laughs> so that's not, that, and that's not a criticism of people who have chosen to have kids. I'm not sure, criticizing yeah. you for that. Because you could actually do that with a ton of things. Like, my wife's vegetarian. Sure. And, like, she's really good about never 
putting that down people's throats. Yes. Right? Like, yes. she'll she'll fight for animals to the day she dies. And uh, we recently did an expo. We talked about this a little bit on, on gold blooming um, that we did, like, a convention for Dapper Day at Disneyland. The booth that was right next to our booth was leather shoes, <laughs> right? The whole thing was right. pure leather shoes. Right. And we could smell the leather. And my wife, like, was not against it right. people are willing right. to pay for it sure yeah um but there were a couple of people that we saw walk up to that booth and were like do you know what you're doing like uh, and they were like very vegan that kind of like uh uh what's the group that's like vegan that like throws blood on people with <laughs> yeah, fur yeah. coats you know yeah, like yeah yeah like that PETA. kind of stuff yeah Peter, like yeah. that kind of thing my wife's not that but she's, you know, explained to me many times, and I'm fascinated by this fact of like us farming animals, is that cows should have actually gone extinct. Oh. We've only kept cows alive yeah. for the purpose of breeding them to eat. And in fact, there's too many cows that the most amount of pollution and methane has come not from our cars, but actually from cows. Wow, that's crazy. There are more farting cows in the world <laughs> yes. than there are vehicles. That's insane. Yeah. It's interesting to me. Um, there's, a, there's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons people could go down these paths, but like when you talk about, you know, um, when you look at our diets and our ideal diets and things like that, right? Like our ideal diets are based on living 5,000 years ago. Yeah. No, right. totally. It it is because we hunted meat because exactly. we had to, and yeah. then we just grew a, an appetite and a diet around it. Yep. And you're going to come from from one of many perspectives on the topic, but you're going to say, "Well, we were created that way." Yeah. Or you're going to say, "Well, we evolved into that." Yes. Or whatever else, whatever other belief system you ascribe to that you you throw in there. But the fascinating thing is, it's still true. And we have not adapted as a species to things like bread, <laughs> right? Like, like we we can use bread. I'm not saying that bread is the enemy. I'm just saying it does worse things to our bodies long term. Well, and we've added enough things to bread exactly. that are not good for us exactly. that have now created gluten problems and things yeah, like that. It's crazy. So, but I want to jump back on point with Jurassic Park now. Yes, yes, yes. Because this was what the show was initially about. <laughs> exactly. Um if you had a chance to eat dinosaur, <laughs> right? Because in it, like, yeah, that would probably be something somewhere along the lines. If they yeah. genetically created dinosaurs, you went to Jurassic Park or Jurassic World now, yeah. Um, they might have some kind of dinosaur on the menu somewhere. Would you try it? Um, <sighs> for the experience. I don't believe so. Because my answer to the question is, I'm actually pretty game to genetically re-engineer whatever. However, I put a lot of caps on it. So before I get to your question, I will answer your question. But in answering the first question I had before we yeah. went off on the tangent, genetic re-engineering to me would be something to do to understand the world around us better not to recreate ecosystems that sure. have failed. So would you recreate like a singular dinosaur? Yes. Just to understand that yes. dinosaur. Yes. 
So given that, I would say no way am I eating the meat of it, right? Because that to me would become like you're basically being a poacher at that point in time. You're yeah. taking like we see this in the uh, in the big game hunters, right? It's like there's there's literally no reason to kill these endangered species besides I want to kill shit. Right. Right. Like that's the only way you're doing like the only reason you're doing that. And I, I just don't I, I don't think I can get behind that. Like why? What What's the point in that? Yeah. Go play a video game. They're <laughs> yeah. realistic now. You yeah, know? Exactly. Like, and there are hunting games. <laughs> exactly. At every arcade. Exactly. So. so, so for me, I would say, no, I'm not, I would not eat a dinosaur unless the, di- unless you said like dinosaurs as prolific as chicken. Sure. Cause another thing we do as human beings, that's, that's at least a fascinating thing. And Joe Rogan on his podcast talks about this all the time. We have a hierarchy of animals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're not, a lot of us, hopefully most of us, are not like, hey, there's a dog. Let's just put that on the grill. Right? Like, right. no, we would say, but but most of us would say, oh, man, a mosquito, and we'd kill it. Well, that's a big difference. And we'd obviously have to, but if you're breaking that down, what's the difference? Yeah. True. Right? So I think that there's some interesting questions to be had there, but I do think we have to be really careful when we get into genetic engineering because I really dislike genetic engineering when we start talking about, and they're already doing this, actually. They're actually legit doing this, saying, do you want your baby to have blue eyes? Yeah. Do you want your baby to be blonde? Right. I strongly dislike that. Um, I'm not quite sure why. A lot of that's an emotional response. (laughs) Sure. Um, A lot of it also has to do with me thinking like, why can't we accept the differences that we find between each other? Why do we need to create what the we perfect pers- human? Yeah. Why do we? Why would we do that? Right? right. And we also know that genetic diversity actually creates healthier people. True. So it's just I I have a real aversion to that piece of it. Um, I'm on board with you. I actually think that um, racial, like interracial couples, yeah, tend to have the prettiest babies (laughs) so true right and like it just makes sense that like we are supposed to um not necessarily believe in what the perfect human is but just to kind of mate and intermingle to the point where eventually because i think as a species the more that we've mated um you know not like not like what we used to do which was like you know, brother and sister to keep the royal family <laughs> right. together. That's keep bad royal news. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like when we start like interracially mingling and stuff, that we as a species have gotten better looking. Yeah. And it's just because of constantly trying to take the best of you and the best of me and putting it together. Yeah, totally. You know, I uh, Jessica and I went on a, um, a missions trip to the Dominican Republic in 2008. To where I proposed to her, actually. Um, and uh, we're in this very poor area. Low income, no electricity, no running water. This kind of place, right? Sure. And, uh, and I'm looking around. And I turn to Jessica. I'm like, all these people could be movie stars. Like... They are all because they're they're all they're all uh, coming from a diverse background from European yes. and from African. Um, and you're looking at these people going like, 
they're all they're all gorgeous. <laughs> like you ship them over to the states, and they're all going to become stars to some to some degree, right? They're just in the wrong place. They're just in the wrong place, and in, in, in a place where there's like like almost zero resources. Uh, but it, yeah, you're totally. I mean, it's right. Like some of the most beautiful people in the world are genetically diverse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna ch- shift complete shift because, like we did, we just, we just dove into. <laughs> just, What's just one, one question, man? <laughs> Yeah, that was when, just one question. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about chaos theory a little bit because um, Dr. Ian Malcolm in the movie uh, is a—I think you called it a chaos, chaotician. Chaotician. That's what he calls himself. Hey, why not, man? Sure. The coolest person in the world can call himself whatever. Whatever he wants. He wants. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, chaotician, uh, and he and he describes chaos theory. He he actually describes it in the film. We talked about a little about this, but as as he's putting the water droplets on. Uh, Laura Dern's characters, mm-hmm. um, the back of her hand. Uh, chaos theory, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> in my extensive research, cool, uh, is essentially um, the fact that in complex systems, micro changes cause huge disruptions in those systems. Yeah, therefore causing chaos. Meaning that if you have a system and the system is working because of the so many variables in that complex system, any one minor variable gets somewhat off and it can throw the whole system out of whack. Hence, they're not being order to the system, but they're being chaos to the yes, system. Unpredictable. Unpredictable. So the, I saw a really good example, actually, where they showcased, they were showing a, a pendulum, right? And if you swing a, a pendulum, imagine, I'm, I have to do this, like uh, describe this, but imagine a pendulum swinging evenly back and forth. And it just has a nice yeah. arc to it, right? Well, if you put uh, a hinge on the pendulum, you will see that the hinge, as the pendulum is swinging, the hinge causes the straight line to go all over the place and therefore creates a pattern that is chaotic because it's not a nice pendulum that has one variable, has now two variables, two parts of the pendulum, and those pendulums swing all over the place. So if you're following along on audio, I have no idea. The same thing can be said, uh, maybe an easier example to think of visually is a pool table. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on where the balls are on the table, which is all your different variables. Yeah. You know, if you're looking to bank a shot. Yep. uh, You know, it's going to be different every time. There's never going to be a setup. Even at the initial start of the game. Yeah. When you hit those balls, you cannot say that all of those balls are going to end up in the exact same spot. Right. On the end of that first shot every time. Because there's so many variables on how each ball will hit each other. Yep. And depending on how you hit that, you know, with your cue, depending on how you hit that front yep. one ball, they can all go different ways. So it'll never be the same game twice ever in the history of pool. Not to mention the imperfections in, in the felt. Yep. And the, and the balls. Yeah. There's too many variables, minute, tiny variables that will change the game every single time. So my question is a couple fold. My first question for you is, do you ascribe to chaos theory? Yes. Okay. Yes. What makes, what makes you ascribe to it? Uh, I think my life, (laughs) you know, like, uh, okay. So I kind of tell people this all the time that it's, my life is really weird because I went to school to be a musician. Yeah. Well, to be, I I went to school really for both, um, music engineering and music management so that I could, Basically, essentially, manage my own band. 
Okay. Uh, so I wanted to be a manager of a band, and that didn't work out. And then uh, band broke up, and then I said, okay, I have these music engineering skills. Maybe what I'll do is start podcasting. So I started podcasting like this. Yep. And then uh, I really liked the idea of taking audio and putting the visual with it, so then I started to do videos on YouTube. So that's why Network 191 has videos and audio. I mean, everybody on involved likes those things too. So it's not just me, um, you know, telling everybody to make stuff, Yeah. but you know, like everybody else <laughs> loves that as well. So, uh, and then because modern mouse radio, my initial show did so well. And when Angie and I decided to get married, I married somebody who was an illustrator and who was really interested in design. Mm. And then she got into designing clothing accessories and I had an audio platform for that. Oh yeah. So we started making accessories exclusively for Disney fans because I had a Disney show. Sure. And now uh this past week I spent a majority of my time hmm. selling women's clothing accessories on Disneyland property. And like 10 years ago, had you told me as a person who wanted to be a musician for a living that I would be selling women's clothing accessories at Disneyland. (laughs) Yeah. I would think you were a crazy person, (laughs) but little tiny changes throughout my life Mm. have led me to this. Like most of us can, can probably say the same thing that like the person that we were 10 years ago would never think that we're the person we are today. Like you and I, like we're recording podcasts, in a studio that you built into your backyard right? 10 years ago, could you ever think, man, I'm going to have my own home studio where I talk about Jeff Goldblum <laughs> on a weekly basis <laughs> for a podcast with a friend of mine? Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to predict that. I think, uh, so, so for me, I also, I also ascribe to it. I think it's, I think chaos theory is, um, I think it's a really good theory because the opposite. So if we're, if we're going to describe what the opposite of chaos theory would be, which, which by the way, I'm not a scientist and I don't know this stuff that well, <laughs> right. but, but basically it, because I have a rudimentary understanding of chaos theory, the opposite of chaos theory is everything is ordered. Right. And therefore everything falls into place according to plan a, whatever plan a is. Right. Sure. Um, uh, and everything would work so well that there would never even need to be a plan B. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's kind of curious to me that it's actually called chaos theory and not like chaos fact. Or just like life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I do think, though, the interesting thing about um, order is, and, and life has to have some kind of order, right? Like mm-hmm. we can't, it's why anarchy can't, be a form of government. Right. It just, right, right. it doesn't exist. It can't happen. Right. Sorry, all you punk rock kids. Like <laughs> anarchy just won't work. Yeah. But when you have order, then you can have disorder. You can't have disorder without order, hmm. which in that same way of like, if you learn a skill, like you can't do something and they teach you this in art. Um, I was like an, an art kid for a long time before I got into music, but they teach you, that you need to know how to draw an apple before you decide to create an apple that's so weird and strange. Yeah. You know, like you can't just like weirdly draw a strange apple. Like you have to know 
the skill. You have to know the order. You have to know the fact. Yeah. Before you can change it and be different. Right. The same thing with if you were going to, you know, go with chaos theory here um, and the butterfly effect, I guess, would be a great example here. But um, people who are weathermen for a living. Yeah. Right. They can predict this is probably what the next five days is going to be. I can go on the news tonight at 9 p.m. <laughs> and probably say this. Right. Even though no weatherman in the history of weathermen has ever done their job so well that people <laughs> liked them. <laughs> right. right? You, you always were just like, why does this guy have a job? Like he never gets it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like you could probably predict the next five days. Okay. But you can't predict the next two years. Right. Okay. Right. Um, so you can have this order of the next five days and figure out like, okay, this is probably what's going to happen. But the disorder comes later and, and the variables change it so much that like, you know, in California, it pretty much stays. Okay. It's April. It's probably going to be about 80 degrees <laughs> right, and right. sunshine and not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> right, every day. Right. And then, but you can't predict in a month from now, if we've had such a dry spell for so long, can you predict a rainy day coming? Who knows? Right. Like there's, but like you can probably in knowing the predictions and knowing the job of a weatherman, uh, and being able to predict the forecast, you can only then take the disorder and predict what probably could also happen on the back end. Uh, I like that. Yeah, that's cool. There, there's a there's a couple different. Um, are you familiar with the terms? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna use some different terms, but there's there's this concept in uh, with some of the faith based organizations that I've worked with. One of them being like free will, the other one being predestination, right? Yeah. And there's this concept of Have you heard the term Calvinism? Uh, it sounds familiar. It's a it's a form of Protestantism. Sure. And a, a very strict Calvinist. It's basically like a guy named I believe his name is John Calvin. The, the listeners will have to correct me if I'm wrong about the name, but it's a guy, a guy named Calvin. And his whole his whole philosophy was that everything is planned and you don't really have free will, Josh. You're not making any of those choices. Sure. So uh, the choice to be on a podcast with me was already made for you and you're just falling in alignment with that. You think you have free will. You think you're making your choices, but you really don't. You just... And, and of course, I'm, that's a very, very strict Calvinist person right that's not like there's there's variations on yeah. the theme right then you have some people who are of the um arminian uh viewpoint um and it's not like uh, i don't i do not believe that that's armenia <laughs> it's a different, right. yeah, different concept. Yeah, exactly. uh and that would be much more of a free will you made all the choices if you didn't want to come on this podcast you don't you don't come on the podcast whatever yeah and it's a very fascinating discussion to me because i think it's directly related to what we would consider how we would answer chaos theory. Because if you believe, and you're a very strict Calvinist, and you believe that there is a deity, and that deity has a very strict plan, and that every minute change in the universe itself was pre-planned, right. and that you could not change it the whole time, that would take you down a chaos theory is ridiculous. If you go the opposite route and you say that, no, everything has free will, even animals have free will, you know, mm -hmm. humans have free will, anything that has a brain and can make decisions has free will. That's going to take you directly into a more chaos theory based sure. thing. 
So I think it's, I think it's interesting because even as you think about chaos theory and, and, and I'll ask you, I'll ask you this question next too. Why, why is there chaos? Why is there not just order? Uh, there has to be chaos because it, A, keeps things interesting, but B, we can't... It, okay, so like if you were to say uh, a higher power, God created all these animals, here's the food chain, mm-hmm. here's the plant life, this is how it works, that's it. Yeah. And then every now and then, um, if you were to subscribe to the idea that animals go extinct because God wants them to, right? Like, right. like dinosaurs went extinct because it didn't like, that was trial and error. Yeah, right, God right, right. believed didn't work. Yeah. And then, you know, humans came later. Or if you are one of those weird people that believe we all live together, whatever, man, <laughs> but like dinosaurs didn't work. So they were killed. Off. Yeah. Um, you could say that you could say it was all pre-planned. It was all predestined. Yeah. But you could, I mean, you could take the other route, which is, I think, the more interesting route, which is, uh, you know, something happened to the dinosaurs, meteors, whatever happened, hit the earth, uh, wiped them all extinct, wiped some of the plant life extinct. What survived, what stayed scientifically is what moved into becoming mammals, you know, then apes, then us. So if you believe in, the idea that that um, what forms out of bad can become good, yeah, I think has to be chaos because if there was order all the time, there wouldn't be fear, mm. there wouldn't be jealousy, mm. disgust, right? All of the what we consider negative feelings, yeah, like we would know, like okay, so let's just say we were we were joking earlier that like you would be 39 and on your deathbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But let's just say we knew that everyone at the age of 80, on their birthday at the age of 80, died. Yes. That's order, right? Yeah, we right. all know we. this is when we begin, this is when we end. Life expectancy is 80, you're done. Hey. And we're good. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's no, there's no fear of how we'll die. Right. There's no worry about uh, what I'm leaving behind. Right. Because I can already set that up and predetermine. Yep everything but there's no there's nothing interesting about that life life isn't interesting without a little bit of chaos yeah uh and i think throwing a few stones into the mix here and there you know uh knocking people down a peg like i can tell you the the life lessons that i've learned the most from yeah have been the things that have knocked me down the hardest yeah and if nothing were to ever knock any of us down i don't think that we would rise up the way that we typically do. I think people rise up to the occasion. Uh, you know, the world rises up like, right. We, we killed off all the dinosaurs and then that led the cells and plant life and all that to rise up, to make a better earth, to make a better species. Right. And that's where mammals came in uh, and then humans eventually. And so I think if we don't have disorder, if we don't have chaos, we don't thrive. Mm. We are just here. We don't create the best things that we can because there's no need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like you uh, you would have never made that trip to the Dominican because the world would be perfect. So right. why would you need to help other people? Right. right. So 
if everybody was perfect, everyone was happy, there was order, we all knew our life expectancy, what's the point? There's no (laughs) fun in that. The fun is in the disorder, is in the chaos. Oh, I like that. That's the tagline. The fun is in the disorder. Yeah. And the fun is in the chaos. Okay, so last question. Last question I have for you, because I think this is really a fascinating topic. Um, Do you think there is such a thing as order? Yes. Okay. I think that we've created order. Okay. And maybe it's... Well, it's based on a few things. Okay. Right? Because we've... um, As humans scientifically we know what we can do right like mm-hmm. if we have sex we will birth a thing right possibly uh it doesn't happen every time but we <laughs> hopefully not the fly baby right exactly hopefully <laughs> not from the fly but yeah. we can birth a thing um you know if we the order naturally is that we will eventually die so yeah. we know birth we know death um we know that we can eat certain things etc Mm-hmm. to survive uh we need water all those things that's kind of order right yeah. like if we there's a there's order in the fact that we need these things to keep going yeah we also have created order um in the sense of like we or like you were saying you follow scripture yeah the scripture gives you life lessons to kind of guide your life by sure and I think without, and maybe people people can knock religion or not knock religion, but I think religion needed, at least in the very beginning, to be there because we all needed to be on the same track, hmm. right? To, to make things better, we all needed to be on the same page. Hmm. And so politics and religion are key to that. Hmm. Um, and I still think that they, they still are, right? We still need even though politics is like a scam half the time, it feels like on a daily basis, we still need someone to govern. Sure. Because we all need to be on the same page. Uh, And so there is order that's necessary. However, order can change over time. Hmm. So like we were kind of saying with meat uh, or with, with diet is that we knew we needed to eat. So we hunted, we picked, we scavenged, we did all that we could so that we could survive. Yeah. And now we're past the survival mode, but yet we still eat some of the same stuff and we're kind of in a weird bridging point now where I think there are some people who subscribe to eating more of that caveman paleo diet. Right. And there are people that subscribe to more of the veggie-based diet. And we're trying to find our way now um, in the 21st century as to what a human needs <laughs> for their body yeah. in, in the 21st century. I think it's Oreos, all Oreos, all, all the Oreos, time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Oreos, yeah. uh, did you know that now, cause they're a circle, uh, and I just learned this two days ago, there's no longer a food pyramid. It's a food circle. Really? They've I had changed, not heard this. They've changed it okay. because it is adapted to what we need nice. in this day and age. And so or the order can change. Yeah. The order doesn't have to always stay the same, but there does need to be order yeah. within our lives so that we're not all, uh, right, like uh, what's the movie that like everyone kills each other one night a year? Oh, Purge? Yeah, The, the purge. purge. You know, yeah, like yeah. we don't want The Purge to be every day. <laughs> like that, that doesn't work. No, thank you. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not a world I like to live in. Yeah. But – to have enough order so that I can have a little bit of chaos. 
Yeah. And not a, not a lot of chaos, just a little bit of chaos. Yeah. To make it fun. Yeah. That's all. That's that's what life's about. <laughs> little chaos is fun. Yeah. I, I tend I tend to um I tend to fall in alignment with what most of what you're saying there. I think that. It seems to me it would be hard to argue that chaos is not co- a constant. Yeah. Meaning that if you take and you took the, the what I described earlier is the very strict Calvinist viewpoint, everything is planned. It would be very difficult for me to say <laughs> that if that were the case, first of all, I have lots of questions about that. But all of a sudden I would go, the God you're describing is then managing everything. And has already decided whether or not you would choose to believe in him or not choose to believe in him. Because he decided it, because you didn't decide it, because you didn't have free will. You weren't able yeah. to decide it. Now, all of a sudden, that seems like a very vindictive, malevolent figure. Yeah. Uh, but to say that there is no plan at all to me, would, so it's just complete chaos, that doesn't seem quite right to me either, because... Even as you described your life journey, and you said it was chaotic, I was all over the place. I go, yeah, that's totally true. And yet, you brought order to it, but there also seems like there is something that is at least somewhat bringing order to the world. Now, you might say that's just the universe, and that's the way that the universe works when it expands. You you can come up with a lot of different things, and I'm like, that's cool. That's that's fine. And I think that's where you could also put a little bit of... um, is this science or is this religion yeah. uh, of morality, right? Yes. Like you don't walk into, you don't walk down the sidewalk and go, I hate this guy. You just shove him <laughs> into the street when a car's coming at him. I hope not. Because yeah. morally, yeah. you would be devastated. Yes. You might think that guy is an, an a-hole, <laughs> right. but he doesn't deserve to die in the middle of the street by yes. pushing him in. And so whether or not that's religious, we've created that, yeah. or that's scientific, that's how our brains naturally work. Yes. It could be argued either way. Yeah. Um, but that's something that is of order that we need consistently in our lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I think that's missing in today's society that would help us navigate the chaos better than anything else, and yet I feel like society is American society especially in Southern California, we're practicing this less and less, is the golden rule. I will, I will treat other people how I would like to be treated. Right. I just feel like we're just losing track of that very simple thing. I don't care if you, I don't know, care if you call that, that you're, if your religious beliefs are based off that, fine. If you're just living that way naturally, the opposite of that would be to say a survival of the fittest type of mindset. Yeah. Which says my agenda at the expense of everyone else. I, I, I cannot get behind. If, if, if the Story Geeks podcast is going to uh, say, let's do something. It's let's dive deep into every subject. Let's have a conversation about chaos. You can come from a different viewpoint than I have about it. That's fine. Sure. If you're a listener and you're, you're thinking like Jay's an idiot, if you're thinking that Josh is an idiot, you're allowed to have that viewpoint. Great. But at least do two things for me. One, engage in the discussion. Don't don't uh, don't ignore the discussion. But secondly, why not treat everyone else the way that you would like to be treated? Yeah. You want to listen to uh, you want to you want us to listen to what you have to say. Then give Josh a chance 
to say what he has to say and listen to him, right? I just feel like that's so important right now because I would tell you that, first of all, if I believe my belief system is that there was a creation, right? Um, there's still no, there's still nothing that I think explains the Big Bang very effectively. String theory is uh, the closest thing to explaining it, um, but I think stri- string theory also has some things with it that. First of all, I heard actually two string theorists say, uh, try to explain it. <laughs> And they, yeah. both, and they both were like confusing each other. But so string theory is like I can't really. There's not enough data for me to say anything about string theory, but it doesn't seem like it's quite there yet. Something had to cause the Big Bang. I believe in a creation. I believe that in an, in an ordered creation, and I believe that chaos has been placed into this situation, right? And I think that's where chaos theory becomes a really vibrant part of the world what we're living in. Um, but. Whether or not you're going to say, I believe in this religion, I believe in this God, I believe in that God, I believe in these, this set of gods, I feel like the one thing that we at least owe each other as a human race is to treat one another how we would like to be treated. I just, I, I, I <laughs> can't get simple. past that. Sounds it sounds simple. so simple. Yeah. And I, and I realize that we're not going to be perfect at it, but we should at least strive at it, strive towards it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think that that is if you could say there's one thing that religion gave the world, yeah, it is morality mm. to that extent. Uh, you know, and I think that like I, I went to Catholic school mm-hmm. as a kid, but like I don't subscribe to any one particular religion anymore. Sure. But I will say that you could attest my morals to being raised mm. that way. Sure. And that I think that if it's not going to be that, it has to at least be something. I think that somebody needs to tell you at an early age something, mm. whether that's Aesop's fables, yeah, right. whether that's a Bible, whether that's Quran, whatever the case might be. I yeah. think that there needs to be a guidebook. Yes. Right. Or at least if it's not a book, you know, maybe it's just people that are guiding you, but there needs to be more of a structured morality sense yeah for most people because that well you said it you said it you said we have to bring order to the chaos because anarchy won't work yeah but you could still have a little chaos but that needs you can't have the chaos without the order first yeah and and chaos is probably a constant regardless yeah it will always be there it will always be there so you're only just fighting it exactly exactly any other thoughts on the topic I think we're good, man. I, <laughs> we got pretty deep there. We for did a get deep. As we love, we doing. were talking about what Jurassic Park initially we're, is that? What we were talking show was well, like? yeah, because because it goes back to chaos theory, right? It goes True. back to and 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 Malcolm says it because as things start to to take place, this is oh, see here, how do, would I have known they would have done that? That's that's right. chaos, right? Um, and that the world is chaotic, and I think that viewpoint is driving that movie forward. And what's interesting is the people who are trying to create order are actually disrupting the entire scenario so that chaos becomes even worse Worse. Yeah, because of the order they're trying to create because they're trying to play God. And yet in trying to create an order, 
they create even more chaos. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's the, you know, that's, that's, those are the little finer points that if you're going to analyze these kinds of movies and you really want to go deep with them, <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. Because you can go like, why does that character believe that? And obviously these different characters believe very different things about the world. And that's what makes this movie fascinating. That's what makes this movie great. Yes. So tell the folks where they can find you and where they can find our our, our original podcast, which is not nearly this this crazy. No, it's not this deep. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, you can find Gold Blooming and everything else that I'm doing over at network1901.com. We've got tons of videos, tons of great podcasts over there. Uh, and we've got other geek shows, too. So we've got Gold Blooming. Uh, we've got Discovering Star Wars which was a fun show that um, Dale did. Uh, I've done The World That Never Was, which was about social issues and Disney. Uh, we, have, we have tons of fun stuff. You guys have awesome stuff. There, there is every single one of the Network 1901 crew I have had a fantastic conversation with. Yeah, we're Shannon. all pretty weird and deep. <laughs> yeah, you're all really deep. I mean, Shannon, Dale... Uh, Angie, when Angie came on and she was in, and we were talking about, so this podcast hasn't come out yet by the time, uh, this probably a month before it comes out. Cause we're matching it to the Incredibles release, but we did Incredibles two release, but we did a podcast together about the Incredibles dove really deep into that film too. Um, every single one of you guys is not afraid to go deeper into a topic. And I think that's no. fantastic. It is fantastic. It's so. fun. It's super fun. It's super fun. It's conversations I think we should have more often. So uh, if you like what we were talking about today, if you have some thoughts on what we were talking about today, uh, maybe you thought that I was being too harsh on Calvinism and you want to defend it, or maybe you think that there is a different way that order is created or that chaos is created, or maybe you don't ascribe in chaos theory at all. Uh, I'd like to know what you think. So shoot us an email at thestorygeeks at gmail.com. We also love iTunes reviews, so don't forget to give us an iTunes review. Um, and just be be sure that you'll be a part of our discussion. I think my voice just cracked. It's too late, man. It is late. <laughs> uh, no, be a part of our discussion. That's uh, chaos. <laughs> your voice cracking is chaos. Yeah. In order. Yeah. Chaos. That is a, the exemplary uh, definition of chaos right there. Uh, yeah. And also, um, be sure and check out Network 1901 Patreon. I am a patron of Network 1901. You are. You don't even have to be. I, I gotta be, because I gotta be able to hear myself say these ridiculous things about what we just Goldblum <laughs> do. Yeah. So you have to check that out. Um, you can also become one a patron of ours as well. So if you want to check those out, just go to patreon.com and you can search for Network 1901. You can search for the Story Geeks and they will come up. Um, we've tested it multiple times, make sure. <laughs> so go do that. Be sure you do that. And uh, definitely subscribe to Network 1901's podcast so you can listen to the Gold Blooming series, which has been super, super fun. Thanks for having me on the show, by the way. It's super fun. Totally. As always, question everything in your favorite geek stories and always seek the truth.